Demons Discuss, Take 31, The One with the Creepers. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the all-souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We're your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hi, ladies. Hi, listeners. Hey, listeners. And what are we talking about today, Angela? We're talking about the first anomaly, Chapter 7 of Shadow of Night. <laughs> you want to talk about the title? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, the title. <laughs> Caught me off guard there. Yeah. The Creepers? Yeah. Well, we have a couple in this episode. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, why don't we just let it unfold? All right. You yes. can do that. Because Creepers be a popping up here. They sure do. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have Facebook comments and discuss your email. So let's start off. Oh, no, we have a voicemail, guys. Yes, Ooh. we have a voicemail from Stephen, and it's wonderful and it's fun. And he's got some theories. Oh, right. So let's listen to that. Hello, demons. It's Stephen again. Uh, my first thoughts on reading the introduction to chapter seven is about Dinah's commonplace book. We know that Dinah carefully left this on a bookshelf in the old lodge before she and Matthew left for France. So how did this later end up in Rima's desk in Seville, Spain? My guess is that the lovesick kit crept back into the lodge at Woodstock and was rummaging through Matthew's papers again. Hmm. Okay, take care. Bye. So what do you think of his theory, guys? Interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Maybe Galloglass and his handiwork didn't account for everything. Could be other people. Kit snooping, maybe? I mean, that's that's his hey, theory. So We know that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not coming from left field, no. Right. No. Although I'd be interested to see how it got from Kit creeping and hiding it to Spain. Well, yeah, that's true. I was going to say, and we'll get to it when we get to it, but the chess piece has always bothered me how it got from Kit and why he decided Annie. But that's way down the line. Yeah. Right, right. So let's not get distracted. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Angela, why don't you start off with your email? Okay. I have one from Patricia. She says, Rima's a fascinating character. I immediately sympathized with her on how there's very little love for the month of November. In my part of the world, it's also dark, cold, and rainy, sometimes snowy and foggy. Usually about the time I started thinking of sun vacation and leaving all the lights on in the house on purpose because of lack of of natural light. I love how Deb weaves all kinds of fun historical tidbits in this chapter, such as the Reconquista, Berber culture, Muslim religion, and hints of the areas of the Andalusia and Seville. I immediately had a sense of rich history in this place where Rima lived. The implication she has found that Diana's commonplace book adds a layer of mystery and detective work and made this a fun chapter to read. We also found out about Gerbert may have been an alias of Gerbert Cantal and has been snooping around the library. I found that the new awareness when I read this chapter again with the Me Too movement very much in the media. Mm. <laughs> Rima's encounter with Daniel from the building maintenance is, to me is very disrespectful and like many women have stated is not flirting if it's not reciprocal. She goes on with a few more other uh, comments and wraps it up with will future historians will likely dig through the facade to find the real person. Have a great day and look forward to the podcast. 
So as our title implies, right off the bat, Patricia brings up two creepers, <laughs> Gerbert and Daniel. Mm, the one mm. with the creepers. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we call ourselves clever every once in a while. You know, yeah. guess we're not that clever. Hmm, clever enough. I thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of like a, a Karnak thing where we actually came up with the title before we read this. So yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe we're on the same wavelength. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I have from our discusser, Kit. Not Marlo, but our discusser, Kit. Hello, demons. Happy 2018. I started a reread, my first ever, a few days ago, intending to roughly keep time with y'all's episodes and completely drove into a ditch and reread the entire series in about a week. I suspect other discussers have similar stories. But this time around, I highlighted a ton in my Kindle, so pulling quickly from chapter 7, 8, and 9 of Sun. I was relieved on my first read that we would still be getting glimpses of the present and how the timey-wimeyness of Diana Matthew in the past would affect things. And although Rima isn't much as a character in terms of overall plot, I really feel Deb's historianness and the emotion that the past can bring out in Chapter 7. Most, if not all, of us will be filed as anonymous of no importance. If anything of ours ever reaches the archivist of several centuries from now, so I find this short anomaly quite touching, as well as exciting to see glimpses of Fernando. Little do we know at this point. Thank you, Kit. Yeah. It's true. Astute observations. Yep. Mm -hmm. I like her use of words, timey-wimeyness and historianess. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very (laughs) demon-esque. Very demon-esque. I know. Okay. So, Jean, what do you have? Oh, I have one from New England, Angela. Hello, Lady Demons. Since I know the majority of the podcast will probably surround Philippe and Septuors, I'll tackle the Rima Jane chapter. My first read of the chapter left me befuddled. Yes, I said befuddled. Why? Well, because here we are, given this little flash forward to witness how Matthew and Diana's time travel has changed the future. Rima finds Diana's commonplace book. Despite my initial reaction of suspicion and dislike of Rima, I couldn't help but wonder how she was going to be important in the big picture, especially when Gerbert was snooping around. Of course, we certainly get those answers later in the Book of Life. However, my question still lingers on how she became part of the congregation panel of help. We know she wears the amulet in hopes of warding off evil spirits, but clearly that doesn't work in keeping Gerbert away or preventing her from getting mixed up in congregation business. Was it him who helped her get her foot in the door or someone else? See, even after five rereads, I still miss a ton of details. Love, Angela. Thanks, Angela. And uh, I want to do a note for control here. We are just doing this one chapter in this episode, just so you guys don't think we're going to go on and on. Just this one chapter because we feel a lot of things need to be paid attention to. So right. I would say, like An- like Angela said, uh, every time you read it, you pick up something new, even this time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's true. All right. So I have one from Melanie, and this was from our Facebook group. And she says, referring to Rima, I've always wondered if there was some sort of magical connection. Why would she be pulled to such a commonplace book? Obviously, it belonged to a very f- powerful witch, but Rima is human. Did we know Rima was human at this time? This is me saying that. No, we don't know. We still we don't know, know what Rima is. Right. Well, I, in Especially- Book of Life, they say she's a human. Well, 
but go on. <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. You're right. But yeah. Okay. But, but we don't know if she's, she's a human with sight or anything like that. Yeah. Yes, that's this what I'm is getting true. At. We okay. don't know if she has powers. So she says, but Reem is human. And this chapter, I have to say, did not specify whether she was human or not. So for those of you who are not that far in the books, and this is your first read, we're a terrible podcast to follow. We spoil all the time, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. Anyway, let me continue. I digress. Um, it reminded me of one of Isabeau's comments about how humans have their seers and visionaries too. Could Rima have some magical blood? And obviously she comes back in the Book of Life working for the congregation. And that was from Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. I have thoughts on that, but we'll, I'll wait till we get to those specific points. Okay. I have a comment from Caroline on Facebook. She says, Val, the way you posed your question brought up something on which I never focused. The first of the anomalies that crop up, the way you phrase it makes it almost sound biblical. Signs of what's to come. Yeah. I mean, I had to come and back to her that I was, wow, I had never thought or seen it seen it that way or saw it on a deeper level. But yeah, we, you could take it there if you wanted to. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. All right. And as always, you'll put the full emails in the show notes. I will. All right. All right. So let's start. Okay. Here's where we left off. After Diana finds out Matthew is a congregation member, a spy for the crown, and is accused of performing witchcraft by the villagers, she's pretty wary of her new life. On top of that, we find out Matthew has been summoned to his father's place to give him proof of life. So after much negotiation, they arrange for a journey to France. Diana packs her commonplace book with rosemary and lavender for caution and remembrance and stores it away while speaking to Sarah through the centuries. Wishes luck, Sarah. And that's where we end. And we pick up at chapter seven. This chapter is the first of seven anomaly chapters that crop up, showing us what's happening in the present while Diana and Matthew are making their marks on another timeline in the past. So, we open with Rima, who's located in Seville. She works at a library. She's at her desk on a murky winter day in November. And I'm imagining her with her little happy light because that's what I do to get through November. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Wait, be- before you go on, can I just ask you to a question? Sure. What did you, th- what did you think? You're, they're getting ready for a journey. She says, Sarah, wish us luck. You turn the page. What did you think when you first saw this? They were back in the present or this. It seemingly comes out of nowhere. And at first, my opinion. I was I was kind of upset. I'm like, what? What is this? Now I. <laughs> well, well, what now, the hell? <laughs> now, what now the I think hell, it's Sarah. Right, exactly. Now I think it's brilliant. But going back to your very first read, you turn that page. You're like, what? No, I would. I was exactly the same way, and I was like, double what? Because <laughs> we got back to the present, and it wasn't. It was with some stranger in Spain. It's like, you're, what? We, what the hell? Yes. Rima, who? <laughs> <laughs> You go through back your pages, you know, and we met so many characters. I was like, maybe she was in one of the earlier pages and I missed it. <laughs> right. right. When, 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 did we go to, when did we go to Spain? Who's from Spain? When did we go to Spain in the last book? I'm confused. Yeah. And then she's at some rundown dump of a library. And, you know, it's, like... <laughs> it's like, I don't like this place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It smells moldy. Why are we here again? I don't remember it, but I'm almost positive I probably quickly leafed through to see how long this chapter was. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and then when it turns out like they're doing shady stuff on top of it, like, yeah. these people cannot be connected with the Declaremonts the first time I read it. I'm like, yes. Yes. This is not good. None of this is good. Right. Nope. Nope. Right. 
Okay. So sorry about that, but fast forward to 2018, and I think this is absolutely brilliant. I love these anomaly chapters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love them. Love them, love them, love them. Right. My how I've grown up. Yeah. <laughs> um, my first thought on, you know, going back to look at this is Diana did a really good job of make sure, making sure it blended with the books of the times. Yes. And it really, um, she knew what she was doing when she was wondering what women wrote about it at the time. Rima did not suspect it was different than any other. No. So I, I thought that was, wow, <laughs> you know, because yeah. she was all worried and Matthew was telling her, ah, eh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But I should know, Matthew, come on, man. <laughs> she right. knew what she was doing. I should have gave her more credit. Yeah. Now, when they first, the first part of the chapter, they're describing the archive. What did that do for you? I mean, for me, it's like, this can't possibly be connected to the Declaremont. Right. No, it's a, I mean, it's a dump. Moldy yeah. cardboard boxes and no money to fix the leaky roofs and everything. Thing, that right. Yeah. No. Right. And the name Gonsalves didn't ring any bells. No. 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 And, uh, yeah. And, and, it, and the fact that it was like the poor stepchild uh, from the Archivo. Now, I'm not going to even try the Spanish. <laughs> so the, the Columbus archives down the yes, street. Right. Which is all snazzy and pretty. And then the first page was obscured. I mean, they ripped it out. Um, the one where she was practicing her names. I have a feeling Galloglass might have had something to do with that. Oh, yeah. When yes, he was definitely. running through, he was like, oh, God, I got to get rid of this. For sure. I he mean, that's a, that's a Philippe thing. Even Varen says that in the Book of Life. Atta always covered his tracks. He got right. pages, so I'm sure that yeah, was... Yeah, a- while the page of the mar- the marriage record in the village yes. church was missing, too. So, here's something I want to bring up, and I don't want to throw wrenches in anything. Why didn't they just burn this? Get rid of all evidence of it? Because Galaglass was besotted when he was doing his cleaning. You think? You think that was it? I think. I think that's it. He was being sentimental, and he... And, I mean, when we go full circle and realize who this archive belongs to and how that stuff came to be hidden there, it makes perfect sense. Okay. It's like, it's dad's attic. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That is true. <laughs> Hoarder's paradise. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think the Nancy Drew books came from? <laughs> oh, man. Uh. That's exa- I mean, think about it. That's, exa- that's, that's doubly brilliant. Yeah, it it was hidden. It was hidden in the parents' attic, more okay. or less. Because I mean, if you think about it, Hugh was also he was kind of a second dad to Matthew. Yeah, he and Fernando had a very fatherly influence on Matthew as a young vampire. Yeah, that's true. So he always I mean, respected Hugh very much. So yeah, it's like kind of weird and sentimental, and yeah, it was hidden in Dad's attic. Yeah. I'm thinking too practically. I'm like, well, if they didn't want anybody to know about this, why don't they just burn it? Just right. like, you know, there wasn't very much in it. There's not much sentiment in you, is, is there, Val? <laughs> not today. <laughs> See, not- I don't even think like that. I'm like, they didn't burn it because there would be no anomaly chapter then? <laughs> I'm like, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We needed a fucking MacGuffin. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me shut up now. <laughs> no, that was a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, so nobody came to Spain looking for British commonplace books. So that's another reason to hide it in this area, I would think. But, well. Yeah, well, but a lot of... I- I mean, just like today, I think a lot of uh, English traveled to Spain mm-hmm. 
for for studies for for holiday even back in the 16th and 17th century how do you think Gallaglass got his nickname <laughs> yeah true true this is true yeah and what did you guys think when uh she brings up the fact that Gerbera Contel come, came in and left his card did you freak out like i did like yeah. oh yeah. oh my god i got yes. the chills got the chills for sure yeah it, and there was no m- mistaking who that was no no, Gerber from the Contal? Okay, come on now. This <laughs> is <laughs> uh, pretty freaking obvious. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah, and that, and that she was looking for his card. And she couldn't find it for whatever reason, for whatever, you know. And favor, she couldn't favor find favor it. From the goddess. Right. Well, right. No, well, no, no, no. This The protection thing that yeah. we, Diana let's did. Wi- let's wind it back a little bit. Okay. Remember when she's talking about the archive and it's all falling down, except for the boss's office. Right. The wow. boss's office is pristine. And, and all kept up and very nice. And her boss is a charming but incompetent man named Javier Lopez. Javier. Mm. There's, <laughs> yeah. there, that was a rabbit hole we chased down for two years. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that rabbit hole because it's very murky. Angela he had a lot of involvement in that rabbit hole. <laughs> In fact, yeah, because of the surname Lopez. Okay, do tell, Angela. It's, oh. it's yours. It's your tale to tell. <laughs> yes, um, one of the theories that he could have been. Matthew's son, because Lopez means son of wolf, and or was it? I can't remember. And at that time, Benjamin was going by Fuchs, and that means fox. So, right. her Fuchs. Yeah, thought it could be yeah. related. Yeah, thought yeah, it could all- be related. Um, but as Jean said, this this go around is especially because now you have a lot of backstory of Fernando in the Book of Life, and now you can kind of piece the puzzles together. But it rings very true of being hired by the Declaremonts. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I think def- definitely whoever. Javier Lopez is is somehow connected to the Declaremonts. I mean, I know also know at some point in time I was playing with the idea that was Louis Isabel's son, Isabel's but, son, Louisa's brother. Yes, Louisa yes, Matthews because brother. of the whole the whole I've got to have my luxurious, well appointed office, and the rest of the place can be falling down around me, and yeah, whatever. Kind of dissolute loche. <laughs> Spend all the money on myself and do a shitty job. Yeah, right. That sounded like Louis. <laughs> Let the workers eat cake, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Don't be mean to Marie. Oh, man. The only thing we were hung up on is that he had the only working heater. We're like, does a vampire really need a heater? You know, does they really want a heater? Right. Like, I don't know why that detail was in there, because Deb doesn't do anything coincidentally. So we were like, where is this leading us? Uh, Could the heater have been a red herring for the humans in the building? To just, yeah, sure. Someone's got a plane. Holy cow! That's me. Oh wow! <laughs> what the hell? I, I was thinking it was Jerry. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's probably uh, like Coast Guard or something flying over the water. Oh, okay, uh, got it. I was like, oh, I know planes. That's a plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a ghost. It's a plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it's odd. I didn't hear it. You guys can hear it because of the micro. My, with my headphones on, I can't even hear it. You're like, la da Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> uh. Well, getting back to that heater, I I mean, that heater could have very well been just something to mislead the humans. Yes. Yeah, it had to have one. Two. Rainy November. Right. Yeah. And if you and if whoever it is is playing the role of the self-indulgent uh, nephew hired to keep him out of trouble, but not expected to actually work 
kind of guy. <laughs> right. You got to right. keep him comfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I always wondered with vampires with their cool hands and stuff, do they stick them in front of heaters before they shake hands or, you know, things like that. I wonder stupid <laughs> things like that. <laughs> you know, I, never, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say something. I was thinking about Matthew and Diana. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Cold hands, warm heart, but still, there's some some things. Cold hands just don't need to be (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All right. Out of the ditch. Okay. I think of it as, no, he, they don't warm their hands because, like, I live in my real life. I'm like, what, are you going to confront me about it? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say? You gonna my call hands me? are warm. It's the rest of me that's cold. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> what are you going to do? Call me a vampire? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, she found the rosemary and lavender. And here's what I took a note of. And our discussers mentioned it in their email. She smiled wistfully, thinking about the woman she would never know. And okay, that's sentimental and interesting. And I guess if you're caught in a lonely office in November, that's what you would think about. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think differently than these characters. Right, right. I'm like, Especially uh, this particular character. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, the woman, uh, some book that some lady wrote years ago. <laughs> Do you know what she reminds me of? Not even so much a historian, but like a 19th century Jane Austen character. Mm. Yes. Looking for meaning in everything. And looking for looking for romance between the lines. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what happened. This Maybe that's why you're not relating to her. <laughs> right. Although she's not willing to settle, though. <laughs> Grimy Daniel, creeper number two, comes up. Grimy Daniel. <laughs> it's just coffee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he t- oh. I know, but he rubs up against her and he's all feeling her up a little bit. And it's just like, oh, Patricia was yeah. right when that Me Too movement. Was it Patricia? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hashtag mm-hmm. Me Too. Yeah. It's like, okay, we've all had that as females. We've all had that experience somewhere. But, you know, so you can really relate. It's like, oh, Daniel. So what was his purpose, do you think, in this chapter? Uh, set dressing? Okay. <laughs> no, I, I really, he was the one thing where it's like, okay, I think he's here to like set the mood. Like, okay, this is kind of a creepy place with creepy, questionable people working here. Yeah. 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 I I, mean, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, we start out with a gray, dim day, and then she talks about all the cool stuff is down the street, and she's going through this commonplace book, and then he's another layer of, you know, he's the garbage collector, and he's asking her out. Yeah. The, the, cre- the creepy custodians, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's almost like she's like this almost tiny little story in and of itself, where here's a girl that's stuck in a second-rate version of her dreams. Right. Yeah. A yeah. day in the life. Yeah. You know, she's at, she wants to work at the archive and be a historian, and she's She's at this ramshackle joint down the street with an idiot running it, and it's falling apart around her ears, and they're doing unsavory things like selling off artifacts and hoping that the donors don't find out. And everything about this place is like 
so anti Declaremont. Right. (laughs) This is true. And the Declaremonts will touch her life later on and Mm -hmm. her life will change. Not unlike Phoebe stuck working late because her boss is, you know, gone. And she wears the female version of the dissolute boss. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a good comparison. It's a very, very similar formula for Daniel ain't Daniel ain't no Marcus. No. No. No, he isn't. Mm-mm. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but yes, no, no, but yeah. but the point of the matter is, is like if they're mirror images, almost. Yeah, now that I'm yes. thinking of it, yes, they are. They're it's a formula. And Valerie, in one of your one of the previous episodes, you said stalking is bad. The only difference is whether you like them back. <laughs> it's stalking if they're not cute, and it's right, courtship right. if they are right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's like, uh, yeah. Is he a stalker or a suitor? Depends. Is he cute? (laughs) Yeah. Is he cute to you? (laughs) Right. Yes. Wow. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. It was the 80s. That's my excuse. (laughs) I tell you what. I'll tell you what. Um, So the Rosemary and Lavender, do you think she found some connection? Because I found... She had some kind of, not a vision, just a clarity. A vibe. Yeah. Yeah. When she made the comment about the the writing was, there was something vibrant about the writing, despite the tentativeness of the hand, I think was was the quote, because she was talking about how it looked like she was struggling to learn how to write and the letters weren't really well formed. But then on the other hand, her words and, and there was something about the words on the page that had energy. Right. And I don't know if that's magic or if it was just Diana's personality coming through or what. Well, I don't know that it's traditional. You know how you have feelings about things? Right. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, this there's something going on with this. I, I can't pinpoint it. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just some kind of energy out there and I don't think you have to be a magical person. We've no. all felt it and we'll probably talk about one of those energies later. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, as mediums say, or people who are intuitive, there's vibrations of everything you come in contact with. So for whatever reason, I think she did have a connection with the whether it was a penmanship or the book or whatever the vibe was, but she definitely connected to it. Yeah, she was drawn to it. Yes. Of all the things that are stacked in the corner, this is the one she had on her on her mm-hmm. desk. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, what was what was so interesting about when she was talking about Diana's book? She mm-hmm. was comparing it to another one that she had looked at that had came from the same uh, collection from from one of the heirs that was donated to the University of Seville and supposedly was donated in 1628. Right. But that one, they talked about how how absolutely ornate and beautiful and everything else it was and it was absolutely blank. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Do you think it may have been something for Hugh that Hugh never had a chance to use? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, was was that a 14th, were handbound books like that a 14th century thing? <laughs> something to look into. Yeah. Let me ruminate on that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think you just mocked me. <laughs> you, you ruminate and get back to us. Just, yeah. <laughs> go, go ruminate yourself off to the corner now, Miss. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So... 
Lopez wouldn't let her take pictures of it. He dismissed it purposely, you know, taking her attention away from that. But he still didn't take it away from her. He allowed her to examine it. And but I do think it's funny that uh, that she went into his office and he says the director had muttered something about feminists and waved her out of his office. At first, Reed, I thought, OK, he's talking about her and he's talking about whatever feminists. And now yeah. I almost I almost get the feeling that this person met Diana or knew of Diana's personality and how stubborn and strong willed she is. Right. Yeah. And and you bring that up. And, and this time around, when I reread the chapter this morning for the first time, it occurred to me that maybe Javier was Jason. Oh, right. Perhaps. Because, well, for, for, well, I mean, he seemed just from later in Book of Life, the way that Galaglass talks about him being stuck, having an assignment where you're stuck in a library babysitting Diana's crap. Yeah. Does not seem like an assignment that a guy like Jason would be real happy about. Yeah, that's true. Hence, hence fancying up his office and... If I'm stuck just, here, you know, yeah. might as well make it nice. Make it nice and I may as well just do whatever I want to do yeah. as long as I keep an eye on this stuff. And then I'm, the way he acts, this person acts when Rima brings the book to him, he's not going to destroy it because, well, they're holding on to it for her. Right, right. But Gerbert's card also disappears entirely. Yes. Maybe it's not the goddess and doing some magic. Maybe it's just Jason snooping on her desk and finding it because he had to stay out of sight if Javert came right came right. into the archives. And the other question is: Is was Javert aware of the connection of that archives to the to Claremont family? You would find it hard to believe that he wouldn't. Yeah, I know. Same here. He had a network of spies, as we find out. I mean, going ahead again yeah. in in the Book of Life, he had a network of spies. So yeah, I have a hard time believing that. That well, but on the other hand, Fernando was estranged from the fam- most of the family after Hugh's death as well. So maybe he mm-hmm. just didn't count that as Declaremont. A Declaremont loyal. Territory, you know, not pri- not some place he was primarily concerned with. But yeah, I'll, I'll leave my card and take a look around just in case. I'll kind check of anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Check I mean, that one off my list. He's got time on his hands. So. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hasn't found the joys of the Internet yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, going off on a tangent here, imagine being a vampire and your family owns only increases, right? I, I would think the level of incre- the population increase versus deaths uh-huh. would be uh, fairly even. So, I mean, the vampire population, thinking in math terms, could only go up unless you have massive wars where they s- slay a bunch of vampires, but whatever. Like they used to. Right. So imagine having all those vampires around for centuries and running a spy network, but they're running a spy network against you. It's just also intriguing. It's like all these people could be around, could be your enemy, could be your friend. It Crazy. could be both. It could be yeah. both several, several times over in this in multiple lifetimes. Right. <laughs> like double agents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I think of the enormity of that, of how long these, I mean, Matthew himself, and he's not, I, I don't think he's exceptionally old no. in vampire life. So, wow. And the things they know, the secrets they hold and oh, everything. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm sure Jer Bear stopped by, but not without another vampire's notice. Yes. Yeah. I never considered that possibility that it was Jason that removed Jer Bear's card. I just thought she couldn't find it. Yeah, I didn't either. Or not Jason, but uh, Javier, if that's Jason. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it does seem very, very plausible that Javier removed the card now that Jean says that. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. And even 
just bring it up that it's Jason. I mean, look at the assignments that Miriam has. She has got to watch over Diana the Bodley and she's got to go run DNA results. She's got to do, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Jason gets this assignment. True. Is Jean gone? I see her I'm there. Here. Oh. I'm here. I was just getting, I was just getting a quick drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, your new mic is working already. I didn't hear you pouring. It's great. Oh, I didn't pour. I just had some ice in the cup. I just didn't want it to be too clinky. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was getting all excited. I'm like, yes. I can't wait to edit this. Yes, but you did. But you did not hear. You didn't hear the ice cubes. Not no. at all. No. So not there you go. Not at all. I just remain excited. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Carry on. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh my god. Uh, so where did we leave off? Hang on a second. Mm. Oh, you were calling Javier or Jason? Yeah. <laughs> My work here is done. Right. Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, um, I did make a note here that apparently she was an early member of the Me Too movement. Just like Patricia said, Patricia, you and I, same plane, girl. Same plane yeah. with Daniel lurking around and feeling her up and, you know, looking at her boobs. Well, right. the thing that cracked me up, too, is wasn't she looking at like a dead bird from a hat or so, just something about a taxidermied bird and a hat and whatever she was working on or digging out of a box. And he was like even disgusted that she'd rather spend her time yeah screwing around with moldy old burst dolls (laughs) it's better than a moldy old man dude (laughs) move along short moldy old man no thanks (laughs) oh god Oh, man. So we have any other thoughts on this chapter before we end it? No. Well, yeah, actually, yes. I, do. I, I was going to say, I'm curious about what else was in that wooden crate that she found the commonplace book in, because she's, it came with a whole crate of things from down at, from the attic. But we never find out what a single one of them are. I'm just curious, what else Gallo Glass packed away and sent off to storage? Right. In that particular location. What, what, yes. Yeah. What all would they have sent with that? And did you guys have any thoughts about... Uh, uh, Remus hand of Fatima? No, um, my cousin had one, so I knew what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think my cousin just went for the aesthetics, but didn't know the meaning behind it, like the hand of God, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, with the eye. And it um, religiously, it I mean, multiple religions wear it. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's one of those weird cross uh, cross. Uh, <laughs> cross-culture symbols. Yes, yeah. thank yeah. you. I couldn't yeah. think of the word. <laughs> I, again, I, I don't know. It's like amulet. Every religion has an amulet. This particular one just happens to be... Multi-purpose. Of, yeah. 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 <laughs> It's like Hand of Fatima, you know, Muslim people wear it, Christian people wear it, Wiccan people wear it, a lot of people wear it. So, yeah, uh, my cousin had one, but I think she just liked the way it looked. But, <laughs> um, you know, an amulet is anything you give energy to. So, mm-hmm. you know, True. that was her own thing. She held on to it. And that was her way to or that was her talisman to ward off evil spirits. That's the way I took it. Right. You know. Yeah. OK. Yeah, I did, too. And here's one more thing. Okay. After this first anomaly chapter, mm-hmm. what did you guys start thinking about as what was the purpose of, of having these chapters? Once we noticed that after every transition in location, there was 
there's another anomaly chapter? I thought for this one, I honestly never thought anything of it besides it was a close call. Okay. Because Jerbear yeah. yeah. showed up there. I'm like, oh, wow, this is what they're talking about, shaping time. And that was close because Jerbear was here and then she lost the card. And, you know, not thinking about all the other factors like Gene, you brought up Javier could have taken the card and everything like that. Right. It was just a twist of fate. And it's a good thing that Diana had put those herbs in there to because it's sort of a spell mm-hmm. of sorts, you know, to ward yeah. off evil. And then maybe that's what Rima picked up on uh-huh. vibe wise. Yeah, it felt like a ca- kind of a cautionary message to the reader and to Rima and just yeah. in general, because that's like right. you said, it was a close call. And then yeah. you've got the Rosemary for Remembrance. And then what she's talking about at the end about, you know, ending up in a file anonymous of, of no importance. It's like it feels like a cautionary tale of make your life worse something make your life worth something and uh, names are important more importantly yeah Yeah, names are important but they strip that Diana's name from that and it ends up in the of no importance file. I right, think that's right, a real right. message there. Yeah, it's a juxtaposition where she's got Rosemary for remembrance and Rima's conclusion is like, oh, poor you. No one's going to remember you. You're of no, mm-hmm. you're nobody. Yeah, yeah. Which also kind of echoes women's positions, even even with Rima's position in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. she's just an anonymous worker in an archive. She's of no importance and she doesn't have the boss hitting on her. She's got the custodian hitting on her. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Damn like, it. I can't even have the it on me. She yeah. doesn't even get like a high class level of sexual harassment right. at work. She gets the custodian. Yeah. Great, great. Yeah. I mean, I would say on, on first read, I thought just how I do when I go to museums. Oh, cool, an artifact from how many hundreds of years ago? That's a yeah. commonplace book. Now I see it as this commonplace book is like a pebble you throw into the pond, and this is the Makes first ripples. of the ripples. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, I think the fact that the other one that she saw, which was completely blank, has a message to. Well, besides the fact that lots of us buy journals and just never follow through on her and never write right. one. <laughs> I have about six on my desk, but I love them. <laughs> I know. There's a, I can write down all my ideas as soon as I have some. Right. You open up my journal, like I, the one with Marilyn Monroe that you sent me. Uh-huh. I write coding in there. <laughs> something. Right. That's something. You're right. I'm like, huh, I wonder what code I use it for that. Oh. Or like when I'm editing audio, I have some shortcuts written down in there just to remind me. Yeah, that's oh, what the Marilyn Monroe book is for. It's like, oh, Val has some cute little girl thoughts. Now you open it up and it's just... <laughs> See, that's, that's even cooler. It's got like coding, coding and... <laughs> And technical shit. That's yeah, so cool. Like that. Meryl, like Meryl, Marilyn would be happy, I think. Yeah, there's more to her yeah. than meets the eye. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Now mine, I got, I got myself one with Keith Haring decorations all over it, and it's pretty much cut all my different social media. <laughs> Passwords? Passwords. <laughs> passwords and, <laughs> and account names because I have several. <laughs> so anybody. I can't keep them straight. If you're ever rummaging through Jean's desk, look for the one with Keith Herring on it. Well, you're assuming it's in my desk. You're assuming it's in my desk. I never said anything. She's such doing thing. reverse psychology, Val. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, because Angela? Do you have any journals? No, I'm not that vulnerable. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it's it's me. It's 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 just you know you know me. I just, yeah. 
Yeah, I've never <laughs> kept a diary. No. No. I, it's not even the fact that I don't want to share with others. I don't want to read what I wrote. Like, I really? You were thinking that? Even we do some of these rereads. I'm like, I thought that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Okay, so that ends a chapter seven discussion. Yay! Yay! Wait, no, it does what? not. Uh, it does Uh-oh. not? But wait, there's more. Oh dear! But wait, there is more. the The very last line, she whispered, "I am not even going to try to pronounce it." But she says, "Hoping her words would ward off any evil spirit she might have unwittingly called." Right. Mm. Just her her own superstition, her own um, part of her vibe. Did, that vibe. What did she yeah. think? What did she think she did that she called? Right. Exactly. I don't know. I think the Gerber thing kind of shook her when she picked up the card. It kind of shook her. Maybe. Do you, Do you also think that Deb was setting this up to kind of play on our emotions? And freak us out some. Yeah, I mean, because this, this chapter is just written so spooky. It's a lot of chaff and flair to get yes. you speculating, you know. Yes. And for the audience, chaff and flair is what they use during war. Planes dump it out of the back and it throws everybody's radar off so they can't find the plane. So I feel like it was a lot of chaff and flair. Yeah. And this was of the haunted house variety kind of. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I don't. I feel like she picked up the vibes in, in Jer Bear's card. She picked up the vibes in this book. Mm-hmm. She she's very in, it seems like she's very intuitive. She knew yeah. something was up with this book. So, you know, when you get the heebie-jeebies, you know. (laughs) Well, it almost sounds like she was, she may have been from a creature-friendly family centuries ago. And even though everybody's, they're gone from everyone's memory, kind Mm -hmm. of like a cellular memory almost. Right. To me, she's stuck in a dank office with a happy light and is by herself (laughs) with creepy Daniel. Right. (laughs) Basically. Daniel. Right. I yes. mean, all this this chapter happens within probably a couple of hours, right? And yeah. the last thing that happened yes. was Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Damn, Daniel. <laughs> all right. So this ends this chapter episode. Going once, going twice. So. so- <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's pick up some housekeeping, you guys. Ready? Sounds okay. good. All right. Housekeeping. All right, so who wants to start? I have something from Eric B. He says, hello, demons. I am new to the show and new to the books, and I just wanted to write in and let you all know how much I love the show. You're all wonderful to listen to, and I will definitely be back for the next one. Thank you for all your dedication to Deb and the series. Demon Kiss XX. Aw, Eric. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That's awesome. I know. I agree. (laughs) Jean, who do you have? Oh, I've got a a five-star review from uh, G. Stathelson. Angela's alive for another episode. A heartbeat uh, sound effect or something. Oh, it's, it's my life support. Wow, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have my soundboard's getting full. Okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> tinker, no, we need a tinker, we need a Tinkerbell sound effect instead. Cause, yeah, or something. Yeah, yes. something. I might okay. get sued by Disney though. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I am flying through these podcasts at demon speed. 
Thank you so much for helping me catch a few of those rabbits before they slip down the rabbit hole. I've been an All Souls reader from the beginning, but I'm just starting to branch out into the All Souls community. Your discussions are thought-provoking, intelligent, engaging, and downright fun. And thanks for all you do. And the parenthetical is kind of embarrassing, but I'll read it anyways. Read it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks, Dean, for indulging some of my wild speculations in the group. I was flattered that you would give me the time of day. Love you all, Ginger S. Oh, honey. You you flattered me by saying that. It's no, no, not at all. I am not that person. (laughs) And I'm blushing. You can hear me blushing on my new microphone. (laughs) That's right. She's being modest. That's great. So we keep answering alive and we make Jean blush. Yes, it's possible. <laughs> so uh, that was from Ginger. Thank you, Ginger. Appreciate you. Yes. Thanks for the review. And we really appreciate them. So keep them coming. If you yes. love what you hear, give us tell a five people. star review. Tell people, tell your friends. Um, I don't know. Sing. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't tell me to sing. That's just no. No, that's no, a no. no. That's a no. Anyway, I have one from Dylan. From Dylan. Yay, Dylan. Hi, Dylan. He says he or she, I don't know, it could be unisex. Hey, Demon, just hoping to say hello from a young fan. Enjoy the podcast so much, and I look forward to hearing you all speak on a regular basis. Anyway, I had a quick observation I'd like to share. This regards Diana's necklace in the teaser trailer, and I think it's rather interesting, whether it's a costume choice or TV adaptation add-in. I'm excited to see if it has any functions or historical significance for Diana. What might be your thoughts? I don't remember having her special necklace in this novel. Anyway, Happy New Year and I can't wait to hear you all again. Cheers, Dylan Thomas. Thank you, Dylan. And I have no idea. (laughs) Oh, it's it's that lapis. Lapis Lazuli necklace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think it's going to play some kind of significance? Yes. Probably. It's it's pretty statement piece. And But first of all, just backstory is Teresa Palmer's friend made it. um, And it does show up in the series already. And it does have some history and meaning behind it. But yeah, I definitely, I don't think she'd wear it and not have it play into some backstory. Yeah, and, what, and what's interesting is the lap, I, this, is lapis for protection? The, the stone has magical qualities. It does. Uh, it's uh, a universal symbol of wisdom and truth to begin with. Oh, yeah. The, nice. the uh, ancient Egyptians used it a lot. Did they? All the, yeah. I didn't know the, this. All the blue that you see on different pieces in a museum, it's pretty much la- most of it's lapis. Huh. The more you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. You guys ready for it? <laughs> ready you know for what, it. You know what's coming. Some save it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I act surprised. Like, I've never done this podcast before. Really? We have a save it for the show? <laughs> <laughs> you know it's coming. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. This episode, save it for the show, is discusser emails. Take it, Angela! <laughs> All righty. So, discusser email. So, we did get a discusser email and goes on to say, love the podcast, but they needed to get something off their chest. Felt a little bit stressed about our request to provide discusser feedback on such a short turnaround time. But they needed time to think and that feeling rushed wasn't very fun. So, they asked if it's this is something that we're going to be doing 
doing on a regular basis, giving you know people a couple days or a day to, to think about it. To that, we say that being a discusser is something that should be fun. Right. And Valerie, you can kind of go in a little bit further because your schedule is <laughs> was very, very taxed <laughs> yes. over the holidays. Yes, it was over the holidays. Um, so the crux of this is I sent out a discusser email a day before we recorded. So that was yesterday. Um, the day before that, I posted in our Facebook group, hey guys, sorry, I have a huge favor to ask you. My mom was in town and I haven't had time to, honestly, I haven't had time to be a demon <laughs> because my mom's in town. I'm not going to spend time on the computer, editing, getting our webpage together, sorting through our stuff, writing emails for to discussers while my mom's here. I see her twice, maybe three times a year. So I'm going to spend the time with her. So and she was here for a month. So she was here for a month. Right. Also, another thing that happened, and these aren't excuses. These are facts. Another thing that happened was um, we had two episodes in the can. So I had um, we had a ghost <laughs> while we recorded them. And, and the first episode came out broken and we wound up with five minutes of audio missing. And so that takes a little juggling around to get that episode together and then the show notes and everything. And then the second episode, um, you might not have been able to tell, but the audio problems and the feedbacks we were getting from Angela's track. And we'll talk about more of this when uh, we do um, last thoughts, because it's definitely going to be my last thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was getting audio feedback and that uh, I released that episode. I finished editing the episode the same day I uploaded it to the server and the same day that I uploaded it to the server, it didn't show up on iTunes. That's the problem we had with this episode. It was haunted yeah. and I had to get in touch with uh, our media host and our media host had to force it through so we get to iTunes, iHeartRadio and Stitcher and get to everybody out there. So when it came down to writing, I like to take time when I write the emails and think about what I have to share with all of you. Ideally, it would be a week out, but today or yesterday, I'm so sorry it got out late and I apologize twice for it, once on the Facebook group, once to everybody I emailed to. I don't know what else I can do and I'm sorry you had to rush your thoughts, but ideally, no. But I also want to point out that this is done in the pockets of time I do have outside of my personal life. And this is fun and it's supposed to be fun for discussers and it's supposed to be fun for us. And sometimes we run out of under stressful conditions and we have to make things happen and we want to keep things consistent for our audience. So sorry about your frustration, but we get frustrated too. And a lot of things happen. And sometimes it feels like Murphy's Law is in place. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Or Jerry's Law. Jerry's Law. <laughs> well, and and also to let all of you listeners know who, who are discussers and may think about being discuss, discussers, we don't keep score. Yeah. This, this is not a graded test. Uh, we love to hear your thoughts. We love to share your thoughts with everyone else. But it's not a prerequisite. Participate when you can. Participate when something strikes your fancy. Or if you know your your favorite chapters coming up, just jot down some thoughts. And yeah. when we put out the call, just send them in then. I mean, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, not, we're not 
we're not sending out a pop quiz every week. Right. Or even if it's an afterthought, you can always, you know, you think of something, we're on chapter 15 of Shadow of Night, you think of something in chapter one you just noticed. I'm all ears. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Send it in anyway. It'll wind up in a housekeeping segment. Even if you come up with a random thought, just email us. You know, it's demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. We will put the email. We don't respond to all of them. We, if it's something interesting that could be saved for the show, we will put it aside and then say, oh, here's this thing. And that's what we do for housekeeping. We pull up stuff that maybe we overlooked that wasn't pertinent to one episode, but we can put it in this housekeeping segment. That's what we do. We want to hear from you. And if you, we make you feel stressed out by saying, please have it to us by this time. You know what? You can send it to us a day after and it's not going to get ignored. How's that? Right, right. Yeah. So in my next discusser email that I send out, I'm going to emphasize that. Hey, it doesn't have to be by this date in order for us to read it, you know. But if you want to hear feedback on this specific episode, get it to us by this date. So Mm -hmm. I think that'll make it less stressful for everybody. And I will try to do better. It should always be fun. Yes. It should always be go with the flow. It shouldn't be stressful. No. Even people will say on Twitter or wherever, oh, I'm behind in the episodes. I'm like, hey, we're here whenever you are. (laughs) We're not going anywhere. Whenever you decide to hit play, we'll talk to you. The nature of a podcast is it's on demand. There's still people out there listening to the first episode we put out in September 2016. And that's their first time hearing this podcast. No need to rush. We're still here. (laughs) You know? (laughs) (laughs) And that's all I have to say. So please don't fret. And we will try not to make that a norm. Try not. No guarantees. No guarantees. But try not to. Anything else? No. That is that. I can think of that. That is that. (laughs) All right. Let's uh, take a break right here. And then we'll go to last thoughts and things we can't let go of. Find our podcast wherever it is you like to listen to your podcast shows. You can contact us directly by emailing us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail. Call us at 360-519-7836. Or you can reach us on SpeakPipe. And that is speakpipe.com slash demonsdiscuss. Now become a discusser. And how you do that is go to demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the little short form, name, email address, fill out the code so we know you're not a spammer. Submit that and you'll be a discusser and we'll just get to discuss things. So do that. We embed a form on each and every one of the show notes so you can just fill that out too. That's an easy way to get a hold of us. And don't forget to visit our home base. That is demonsdomain.com. Everything we're doing, you'll find there, including our giveaways, our blog posts on the characters, on places. See everywhere Angela goes because she makes some trips, let me tell you. And we can't wait to hear from you. We'll see you on the internet. All right. Last thoughts. We'll start with you, Jean. Oh, my last thought is so many new countries are listening to us. It's kind of freakish. Yay. Yeah. You want to hear about some of them? We've got Vietnam. Vietnam is on board now. Good morning, Vietnam. (laughs) Our numbers are up in Japan. Wow. Yeah. Ukraine came on board and I don't think either one of them are hackers. No. (laughs) I hope not. Oh, my God. (laughs) We're turning into international demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Colombia is bumping up there now. Mm -hmm. Hello, Colombia. Double double digits in Colombia. Double digits in Italy. Wow. Yeah, we're we're closing in on a hundred in Italy. Hong Kong. Hello, Amaris. Nice to see you. (laughs) Our one (laughs) listener in Hong Kong. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And here's one that's freakish because I I just can't understand. Can't believe that there's that many people here in.
in Turkey that would listen to us. Hello, Turkey! Yay! 284? Oh, my God! That's triple digits. That's, that blows my mind. I know. And these are just the countries that have added on since I think Angela had sent out uh, our roll call of countries after the con. So Yeah, we had 26 countries at that time, right? Oh we're, we're, yeah. we're over 30 now. And we thank every single one of you. And I'm just amazed. Even if you're hate listening. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Yes. <sighs> thank you for not thinking of us as the ugly Americans. Or if you do, keep listening. I don't yeah, care. I know. <laughs> Bathe in our ugliness. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh we are God. what we are. Yeah. 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 No apologies. It's the no apology store. <laughs> anyway. Um, so my last thought is thank you. Ow. <laughs> God, oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> We're all anticipating Jerry. And it's like. <laughs> but I thought I'd give my last thought because it's just a quick one and then you can go into. Jerry. We can Jerry. all talk about Jerry. Okay. Okay, go ahead. My last thought is a Discovery of Witches filming is wrapping up. And the reason I know that is because uh, Tanya Grace Moody, who plays Agatha Wilson, tagged this in an Instagram post and says, bye bye, Agatha. Until next time, I really enjoyed bringing out the demon in me. And thank you, Deb Harkness, for introducing me to this amazing world. And Greg McHugh also had a similar post on Twitter. So they are definitely closing out their filming for this. Yeah. Um, which is bittersweet. But hey, let's get yeah. the show on the road. That's right. I know. We're ready. Well, Deb, along those same lines, Deb published her frequently asked questions and the way her response to U.S. broadcasters, the U.S. broadcasting question was phrased in a rather interesting manner. Okay. You tell. I think they know who it is, but because of... Contracts, maybe? Marketing marketing and contracts and everything else, they're just going to save it till the upfronts in May. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty much implied. That, right. So if we don't hear yeah. anything by the end of May, then I'd start worrying, but I don't think we're going to hear anything before May. You want to take bets? What are we betting? I don't know. Extra money in the swear jar? Oh, I'm just going to curse my way into the swear jar anyways. It's <laughs> <laughs> like not even a bet. I think it's HBO, honestly. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought you were betting on when. No, no, no. Yeah, I thought so too. No, no. Yeah. I think it's going to be HBO. I think, I think so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's our unspoken thought. Not not unspoken. Our spoken thought. Now, <laughs> yeah. HBO. now it is spoken. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that I don't think the Disney Sky merger 20th Century Fox deal that's going together is going to affect that, given the fact that even though I mean, granted, Sky is is funding the production, but then you've got that right of first refusal with Bad Wolf with HBO. So, and I can't think of so, I can't think of a U.S. network under the Disney umbrella that would necessarily be a good fit. No, not for this. No, not for this. Mm-mm. Um, yeah. Well, let me see. My last thought. Everybody in this room, well, in our little fake room that we have set around this table, knows what my last thought is, and everybody in our Facebook group knows what my last <laughs> thought is going to be. <laughs> I am mad at Jerry. Explain Jerry, Angela. Uh, Jerry is or was my recent ghost. I think (laughs) I hate to get get in too much detail, but there's definitely a portal in my house somewhere because I have a parade of ghosts similar to the Bishop House, only they're not my relatives that parade through here. And he was the most recent one and has and plagued our last recording because I smelled smoke the whole time we were recording. And Jerry smokes. Jerry smoked. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, I knew Jerry. So uh, he, I could smell it. And then Gene's audio went down. And I, of course, had to taunt Jerry and say, uh, it always starts with electronics. And then Valerie's internet went down. And yep. then mine went down. And then we thought that was the end of it. But Valerie, you can go on since it was your, <laughs> your cross to bear. Oh, my God. <laughs> so let me tell you about editing this last episode. Well, the one before it... Um, that's the one with the secrets and surprises. That one we lost audio because I lost the internet and I had to kind of marry two sections of the audio together. So that's where you heard me explaining what you might have missed. This particular episode, I logged in, I listened to each one of our tracks. And then when it gets to Angela's track, you hear this disturbance behind Angela and she'll be talking and then all of a sudden this disturbance would come in into a loud whoosh it sounded almost like it wasn't like a furnace or anything it sounded almost like she had a fan behind her head just blowing and it was making a hum and it was Mm -hmm. loud and it would go on for like two to three minutes and then go away and it wouldn't go away abruptly it would just drift on out and then it would come back in and I hope you guys are appreciate the audio of Gallo Glass's uh, episode because <laughs> it took me a full week to clean that episode up in order for it to be listenable. Oh my God. By the audience. And just so you know, we've done 30, I've done 30 plus episodes in this exact same spot. So it's not like anything was different, like the central air, the heating, the whatever. And I, pr- and I pretty much shut everything off around me to make sure that there is no ambient noise. So right. th- this was just particularly bizarre. And Angela, I must say, has the best audio setup of the three of us, you know? Um, yes. She, she does. When we first started, I used to match our audio to her because she always sounded the best, but not this time. <laughs> and, and you said you were editing it and you said it's just like the ghost stories on TV when they sh- they play back the recording and there's like the feedback and right. the whooshing. And-, and I had to like cut little pieces and share it with you guys just so I knew I wasn't going crazy. I'm like, you guys hear that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounded crazy. And yeah. um, just when I got done editing it, I uploaded it, pasted it in the show notes I had worked out so far and it didn't show up in iTunes. It didn't show up in iHeartRadio. It didn't show up in Stitcher. Mm-mm. I normally load it the day before so I can make sure by the morning we announce it. It's available for everybody to listen to. It wasn't available for anybody to listen to unless you directly went to our website. So I get in contact with our wonderful host, Simon from Pippa. If any of you guys out there are looking to start a podcast, go to Pippa. They don't pay me to say this. Their customer service is superb. Outstanding. Outstanding. Um, He looked at the file. He looked at my settings. He looked at everything and he couldn't tell if anything was wrong. He said, I don't see anything wrong with this setup. He pretty much had to manually go in and force the episode out. And as I was like, okay, I just got done talking to Simon and Angela is like, oh, there it is. There it is. So Mm -hmm. that's something to his stellar service and Jerry's uh, shenanigans. (laughs) Shenanigans. (laughs) Shenanigans. I was going to say, no pun intended. This one's going to haunt you for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Five days in three hour sessions. 
friends just trying <gasps> to clean that up. Seriously. And that's why Angela and Jean would be chatting and I'd be silent for hours and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> because I was wrangling. Cursing. And- there was cursing going on in <laughs> it's Seattle. It's like goddamn thing. What's going on? So, yeah, that was part of my reasoning why the discusser email didn't go out. Not an excuse. These are facts. Yeah. And uh, those of you who don't believe in ghosts, just think of this as a nice bedtime story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'll make sure my computer's in another room and sleep with one eye open. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious to see how this audio is going to turn out. If it turns out all fine and dandy, then I will take it that he's moved on because I feel that he has. So You don't smell the smoke. I don't smell the smoke. Mm. All right. So let's end this episode. You guys ready to say goodbye? Yes. Yes. All right. Goodbye. Peace out, everyone. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you next time, audience. I think oh, I've got a last thought. Oh, and then there's a country roll call you wanted to do? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, line dancing? <laughs> <laughs> line dancing? <laughs> Don't tell my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That, that can be my last thought. All the, okay. new, all the new countries that are listening to our nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.